John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. W what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Come on! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 Hit me! Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. Welcome back. It is another edition of the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast with uh, Edward Radosevich, who is live from Lawrence, Kansas. And uh, a special guest is joining us because he is texted saying he has a lot to say uh, and uh, about a lot of things. He's got a, he's got a lot of problems with a lot of people. And that is Josh McQuistian uh, is joining us as well. And uh, guys... I do enough shit during the week. I might as well just let you uh, carry this thing because I'm sure you both have a lot to say after uh, after watching. Eddie, let's start with you. You were there. Uh, obviously, you know it's just a joke when you go into that stadium hours leading up to the game and realize that nobody's going to be there. Sure. Uh, and the the OU players literally came out and laid an egg today, which no one expected. How many times have we been up here, Carrie? I think uh, in coverage as far as covering the team and with Sooner Scoop and stuff like that. This was the first time that it's ever come close enough to where you go. Oh my God. I think that they might get beat today. It was uh, a massive failure on a bunch of levels. Like even the first, like I, I tweeted it out and it was kind of in jest, but even after the first series of the game, it was like, this is a complete failure. They are five minutes into the game and this has been a, just an absolute failure on multiple levels. No, when they as completed far as being that third game, as far as when defense, they, it just was fucking awful. When they completed that third and nine, I was just like, "Oh shit, this is it. This is a problem." Like you, that was their third play of the game, and when they completed yeah. that, and it was so easy, I was like, "Billy, Will, Billy, oh, Billy Bob was just standing screwed. there, just letting him catch the ball." And that happened all day. I was I was telling this, uh, I, I was texting with uh, Jared and Gay before this, like. That has to be a record for an Alex Grinch defense for uncontested passes against this defense. It was, and well, I'm sure some of it is they're coming off of two weeks where guys got behind them and they got burnt and they're trying to protect from that, but it looks terrible and the fans are going to start revolting if this continues. Well, the, the thing about it, and Josh, I'll kind of lead into you for this, but they've now gone what? Basically, I mean, Nick Benito gets the sack at the end of the game in the fourth quarter when the game's over, basically. But they've now gone, for the better part of the last 10 to 12 quarters, defensively, they've had no pass rush for about nine of them. I mean, outside of the second half in Texas for the last three games, they've got nothing out of the defensive line as far as the pass rush goes. And I think it makes everybody's job a little bit harder. So, uh, I mean, they got problems. There's, it's unbelievable to sit here and say that they're 8-0 for the first time since 2004, and I have no idea if this team's any good. I don't, I don't think that they are right now, Josh. Speaking of long-term um, uh, abnormalities, this is the first time Kansas has played within two touchdowns of OU since 1997. Wow. <laughs> that's oh, that's unbelievable. And in that time, only once was it even close to that number. Um, uh, even in 2018 a, when uh, when OU too. was terrible defensively, yeah, you know, and guys, and, and we'll, we'll get into the funnier side of that. But I missed the first half. Like I'm watching it from the sideline of a little league soccer game, and I and like people are checking in with me because uh, Tiffany's out of town, and we're, we play on a team with some of our friends, and they're like, "So how's it going?" Because they know, like, I'm like, "Shit, I I, I really shouldn't be here doing this," but. I kind of had, you know, didn't want to miss her game, didn't want her to miss her game. Sure. So I'm kind of there and I'm invested, and my friends are checking on me like, "Is it going okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know, kids went down seven nothing, you know, no big deal, whatever, you know, stuff will happen sometimes." I'm like, "It's ten nothing at the end of the first quarter," you know, and you're like, you keep being like, "Okay, this can't really be happening, can it?" 
And Tiffany's texting me from Colorado. She's like, I saw the score. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so, so sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, it's fine. This is not your fault just because you left. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was a, it was the damnedest game I've ever seen. Um, I, mean, I you know, for, for what I did there, see. There's, there's three minutes left in the first half and you look up and they're running out for their second possession of the game offensively. It, it was just uh, another one of those games, but it goes back to an inability to play any type of defense and get off the field on third down. What was Kansas in the first in the first half? Seven for nine on third down. And those weren't like third and ones or third and twos. They were converting third and eights, third and six, third and twelves. They had a third and ten that they completed with a 15-yard pass. It's just, uh, I mean, I don't want to say it's worse than it's ever been defensively, but Jesus it's Christ. It's not far it off. It's not far off. Uh, guys, I mean, does the question have to start to be asked? I mean, is this... Is this the answer on defense? I just like well. Here's the thing. I know. I know people are going to say, "Well, you know, the injuries and when they get this guy and this guy back." But it's just like Key Lawrence today. Like you saw him getting better. Like he, I think he's getting better. You can't say the same thing for Latrell McCutcheon. You can't say the same thing for. uh, They haven't played Joshua Eaton enough uh, for us to really determine that they need to play him more because uh, Billy Bowen Bowen is just in his second start at corner. So yeah, I get it, but. Still, I mean, like, is it crazy to say that Latrell McCutcheon probably saw better offenses in the Austin area in high school last year? You can't tell me no. that some of those Kansas receivers that he didn't see better players at the high school level last year. I think he's going through a. I think after that Texas game, he might be going through a little mental thing with you know just getting beat deep and blowing assignments, and he might he might just be kind of in that phase where he's thinking a lot more than he's playing. I feel like that's just been an excuse now for like the last seven years. Oh, he's going through something like f-ing nut up and play defense. You're on a team that's not ranked in the top five in the country. I'm sick of that shit. Well, uh, if it was James, I mean, soft. if it's, maybe if it's all that Davis, soft. then you have maybe a point. Can't. I mean, Latrell McCutcheon's a freshman. Like he should be able to walk in and with that type of confidence. And maybe it is something like that, but it, I, you would just think that at some point enough would be enough. I mean, the first half was just – I honestly think that's the worst half of football I've ever seen Oklahoma play. And that's going back into the 90s because you didn't expect anything from those guys. This group it, is it like, rem- it's just like their heads start spinning and then they just start feeling down for themselves. Bullshit. It reminded me of that Tulsa game in like – was it 2002 when OU was up like 3 nothing at halftime on Tulsa? Yeah. And it was the same – you're just like, this is terrible. This is a terrible product. <laughs> I don't know – what to do with it like again and i mean i some of it was i had to go back and be like oh yeah this this was as bad as it looked on you know i kept thinking like oh they're you know a little little trick no kansas hit OU in the mouth in the first half just just beat them up front and i well the thing that was was the most disheartening thing about it from the defensive standpoint is okay so they had this game plan that everybody has which is to control the football move it down the field and like kansas like first off you're like Oh shit! Kansas is pulling off what Tulane pulled off. Like it's like, I mean, well, not Tulane even, but you know they pulled off what everybody else is. Pulled, and they're they're Kansas. But then, like, you finally break the game open and you're up by more than a score, and you realize Kansas now can no longer employ that tactic of just you know being very careful, staying ahead of the chains, picking up third downs when you have to. And what happens? They just go right down the field, just throwing the ball. Like I mean, just trying to catch back up. I mean, that was. It's like you're like, what can't you do against this defense? You, you you basically employed every tactic that you have to employ, and you've had success with it. Two things before I throw it to Josh, and these are two great stats that I just remembered on the way up here. I'm listening to the Oklahoma breakdown with uh, Teddy and Gabe, and they were talking to, uh, to one of the Kansas beat writers. The Kansas starting offense had scored seven points in Big Twelve play as a group. They'd scored seven seven points. They'd scored one touchdown drive. This from Eric Bailey as well. Kansas scored a combined 28 points and had four touchdown drives total in the three previous Big 12 games against Baylor, Iowa State, and Texas Tech. So they got a couple scrub time plays in that as well. Today they scored 23 points and had three touchdown drives. I mean, it's just, it is a colossal failure. There's no other way to say it. Uh, guys, I, I, mean, have, I, I, have, I, I have a question real quick. Yeah. And, and this may be at my own peril. <laughs> uh. Is Perry on Winfrey having the worst season out of everyone that was coming back with a little bit of hype to them? 
He got better, and I, I know, like, Carrie, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that I brought this. I know you were thinking about it already. But I know I mentioned, you know, as I went back and watched the first half after the game was over, how badly he was getting shoved around. He did get better as the game went on, but there's no question. He, this is not the guy that OU fans thought they were getting. The, the, there is, this is there's not just the guy very little dominance year. inside. Yeah, yeah. There was even there was un- inconsistent last year, but he would flash big yes. plays. I don't. You're not seeing those flashes anymore. He's just kind of there. The only guys I really saw in the backfield all night were Nick Benito and Isaiah Thomas. Yep. I and, and I, I thought I thought the one line, of them had a bad day. I thought the linebackers had a pretty decent day. I mean, Osimo had a decent day. David Agwebu, mm-hmm. he, he missed some tackles, but he he did made some plays early. Uh, he made some plays. I mean, the one play that I think of with Aguebu is when, uh, and by the way, the Bean guy, they were rolling him out all the time. So um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'd love to go back and see how many plays were just designed rollouts for him to get him out of the pocket. There there were, I would almost put a number like 85%. It was, it was they crazy. They were doing it quite a bit. And especially on the two back-to-back 20-yard uh, plays that they had there in the third quarter when he rolled out. I mean, it's just... It is what it is, but there's just there's it, it's kind of like you said, Kerry. When was the last time they competed for a football at in the uh, air in between a defensive yeah. back and a wide receiver in yeah. the air? Like it's just uh, it's it was nowhere so to be easy. Found. It was so easy all day long, guys. That last drive, and I and I said something about it, and I think I might have underestimated it. I don't think there was any play, any completion on that drive where when the guy caught the ball, there was an OU defender within five yards of him. And like look, that's that's yeah, just I, too easy. And I'm not sitting in the press box, so I can't. I, I get the sense that it was a lot of zone concepts, which would suggest that this is the secondary that has no clue how to play the zone. Yeah. And just, how does that happen at this level of football? It's not well, like these guys just started playing. In that situation, when you clearly have the better players, the better talent, you're better up front, or you should be anyway. Why would you not say, you know what, guys? We're going man. We're just going to play man. We're, we're going to do this. We're going to press outside. We're going to make it tough for Jason Bean to throw these short little quick outs that he wants to do. And that way also we've got we, – we have more guys free to do what they need to do. Like, I I, I don't know. that that There's just this bullheadedness about the defense sometimes. And I, I don't know. Like, when you look at things and what's happening, they just don't add up. Well, and it's just like the linebackers are just standing around in coverage. I mean, they're yes. awful. I mean, they're just letting people run in and out of an area without even checking them. It's just like, okay, I've got this part of the field, uh, but I don't move. Like, this is my part of the zone. And if they throw it right at me, I got a chance. But they're, not, they're never going to do that. <laughs> they're never going to throw it right at you when you're just standing there. I, I mean... I, I I don't think there is a more prevalent issue that just consistently because when I watch them guys I I think there's some merit to what Grinch says it is from one play to the next like okay he's fine okay nope now it's him now it's it's like a virus like it just moves around from one play to the next it's not like this guy is consistently the problem with a few exceptions in a few games but generally speaking I you know the the problem just seems to be at corner. Like, I, I, I don't know. And some of that's injuries. We understand. Like, that there are things that are beyond OU's control there. But Kansas should not be testing your second-string corners. No. Like, Latrell McCutcheon is a better talent than anybody Kansas put on the field at receiver. There's, and it's not even close. And he looked lost today. Yep. Yep. And that... That makes you because you get it like week one. Okay, fine, I get it. We're this is I mean it's the old cliche, but they're not freshmen anymore. These guys have played a lot of football and they've played it pretty much under stress the entire season. Like this shouldn't be there shouldn't be any moment that's just too big. Eight games in, and there's been there's been zero development with the younger players, And, and and take into account that Alex Grinch believes steadfastly in substituting and rotating guys. I mean, to me, Key Lawrence is a perfect example. He's getting better, and I can't say anybody else that's young is. Key Lawrence was their best defender today. 
Oh, no, yeah, it's, it's not even, and it's not even close. And, and at least he looks like he gives a damn. Some of those guys, it just, and I know that's, it's not everything, but like some of those guys just, they get beat and they just almost just feel sorry for themselves. They just mope around the entire half. I mean, and, and I don't get me wrong. I, I grant Kansas. You guys talked about it when we came in. Kansas is an easy place to fall asleep because it's a, it's, no, it's going to sleep like I and I get that. But again, there are literally years of track record that say there's other OU teams that handle it just fine. And, and, and when, Maybe. You, when you get down by 10, it's like, OK, you've been punched in the face a couple of times. You, you might want to get up off the ground and do something about it. And, and I don't know about but for you guys, again, I wasn't watching it like I was watching it, but like half heartedly. At that point, I thought, okay, here they go. OU's going to rip off 21 real fast, and then, you know, th- they'll put this game away. And yeah. it just was like, oh, no, somebody will take care. It like, it's like everybody's looking to the guy next to them to go do something instead of let's go make a play. I'm going to go make a play. Well, they come out of the half, and, you know, they drive right down the field to get a nice play from uh, Trevin West. Uh, you think things are going are going well, and then what does Kansas do? They put together – uh, I'm just trying to look it up. What was that? Well, first what off, Jeremiah Hall tried to fumble the ball away, right? Oh, oh yeah, oh like, and, and which would have just been another just colossal failure as far as uh, wow. just killing the momentum of the game and the drive. But you know, coming out of halftime, they I'm trying to find the uh, exactly what the it was ten play seventy five yard drive after OU cuts it to ten to seven, and then all of a sudden it's seventeen to seven. It's like Kind of like I told you, Carrie, before we started. It's like that was the first moment that I was like, "Holy, f- they're going to get beat by Kansas!" Like maybe yeah, they should get beat was a by possibility. Kansas because of this. Well, and here's the thing: it, it's like I, I think if you're the coaches, you have to strongly, strongly protect against any excuses here. I mean, it cannot be like, "Well, once we get these injuries back, we'll be better," or. Uh, you know, when we're not playing a, a team that, you know, no one can get up for. Like, just don't make excuses for it. Just, like, we could all see, you know, it's it's eight weeks now. It'll be nine weeks next week. Uh, I'm sure that they knew that they could maybe get, like, a Jalen Redmond back or they could get a Delarian Turner. Yeah, but they were going to hold him out. They held out Mike Woods. Uh, it, it, it was almost like the message was sent before they got there like by holding out all those players, like yeah, we we just need to survive and move on from this game, and then our season will start to build from there. It's a very dangerous mindset, and I'm not yeah. saying explicitly that they said that, but that's got it. That's got to be something that creeped into their heads. Like, well, I you know the, these, these the guys were thing. practicing this week, but you know they're not going to play in this game just to hold them out and get them healthy for when we play a real opponent. And you know what? That probably says everything that you need to know about the mentality right now. I don't know how, like, it's good that they won, and I don't want people to come into the press conferences and stuff and act like, you know, they didn't win because they did. They found a way, credit to them. But I don't know how anybody in that locker room couldn't or shouldn't have the idea or the attitude of, we embarrassed ourselves today. That was, they're a 38 point favorite, and that's how they played. That's embarrassing. Straight up. I don't care if they did win the game. I don't, is it's that just like I? I don't know. They need a backbone. Yeah, that's the most loss feeling win I've ever seen. Like, is there have been losses that you took more positives away from than that win? I will say this though. Uh, good Lord, Caleb Caleb Williams makes some incredible plays. I mean, just <laughs> we have any. We haven't even mentioned Caleb Williams. Yet, I just feel yeah, like, like I feel like today. Uh, yeah, I feel like the day I feel again. like we need to talk about something good. I mean, we're twenty minutes in and it's just yeah. been a shit fest. But like Caleb Williams today, I mean, whether it was another fourth and short that he broke for a touchdown or ripping the ball away from K- Kennedy Brooks, I mean, just when it needed, he wasn't great all day. I mean, the first half he was terrible. He threw the interception. He's still trying to figure out, you know, the deep pass. Whether it's underthrown or overthrown, he's not figured that out yet. But when it when it comes to nut cutting time, my God, that guy delivers. The, I mean, he's the going two runs are going to get the most attention. But I thought 
one of the throws to uh, Hazelwood over the middle on a third and eight, I believe, in the third quarter. I mean, that's that's a big boy, big big boy play to make that at that at that moment because you never know what happens if you don't get that. Yeah, and I want to say that yeah. on the broadcast they made note of that. Like, that's a that's a massive throw. It impresses me. Because, guys, I mean, we all know Jaden Hazelwood's kind of been Spencer Rattler's guy, like both personally on the field, like that you could tell they were they were pretty close. Well, you could see that they were trying to hook up more than they were actually hooking Uh up to, though. That was well, I mean, from the last two weeks. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. You met Rattler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Like Rattler was always trying to get that back shoulder throw established with him and they never could. And then all of a sudden, Caleb Williams comes in. Caleb Williams comes in, and Jaden Hazelwood's had two of the most productive weeks of his entire career. Yep. And while saying, "I'll block for sixty runs if I need to," so you know, yeah. I mean, Jaden Hazelwood's living of, his best life. We've learned a lot about uh, Jaden Hazelwood over the last couple of weeks, and it's a very positive uh, yeah. kind of learning experience for him. Yep. I I think he needs to come back, but there's part of me that thinks if he will. I, I think he could have a huge year next year. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, that's that's a whole other – we, we got plenty of time to talk about Jaden Hazelwood in 2023 or 2022. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, guys, just to me, the thing that I – and I I'd said something about it in the report card. Is there any question that when Marvin Mims is not making plays vertically, and I mean even just the threat of him, this offense is not the same. It's just not. They, they – they, they struggle to get things going if they can't scare you with Marvin Mims down the field. Well, and I I will say this. I mean, I, I think they need to use Marvin Mims more in short yardage stuff, too. Um, mm. But it's pretty clear that the only person, not a non-receiver or running back, that's catching the ball in this offense is Jeremiah Hall. Like, Austin yeah. Stogner's become a ghost. Braden Willis has never really gotten on track. Although... They've thrown in the ball here and there. It's never really resulted in, in very much. So, and I mean, that's the thing about Caleb Williams. He is getting, I mean, like Drake Stoops was big early. I mean, he was all he, all he was throwing to. But Caleb Williams is finding guys in a way that Spencer Rattler was not. And let's face it, Austin Stockner became such a big part of the offense because he was his bailout. He was Rattler's bailout guy last year. I mean, you had four guys offensively that had three or more catches, or three catches at least, and then three others that had a single catch. I mean, that's that for no more than OU got to throw the ball in this game. That's not bad variety. Yeah, and not to so mention he, yeah, I mean, twenty passes, without, twenty passes total in the game. Not to mention you're doing it without Mike Woods, who went through pregame and then uh, yeah. you know he suited. It was really weird. He came out, wasn't warming up, then went through pregame warmups, and uh, you could tell that he was moving around pretty gingerly. And then uh, he changed back just straight up into street clothes on at uh, halftime. At halftime. Right? And Mario Williams didn't. Even, I don't think he even traveled. I didn't see him today. I was. I'm glad you, I was. I had that question in my head, and then I forgot what it was. I was like, "What was I going to ask?" That's exactly Which what again, it was. Kinda, was where I don't he know. was. It just goes back to this idea that they came in today thinking, "Let's just survive. Let's treat it basically yep. like a scrimmage." Which you know, I guess is kind of a slap in the face to Kansas in a way, but it's. And mentality it's a about it, and how you feel about it, and do it, <laughs> just fucking embarrassing. Well, no. and, I mean, and that, for people, guys, that, for people that didn't know, on Mario Williams, he did, he didn't play in the second half last week against TCU because he messed up his hamstring. And, and Eddie had said stuff about it on the board and on Twitter. Uh, he had noticed Eddie, you had noticed that he came back out for the second half and noticed that he had he wasn't feeling it and like was really upset. And yeah, you could tell he but he was it, being taken he, out again. Though he was like in a good mood and stuff like that. It oh, wasn't sure. like he was down about getting. No, I'm just saying when he found like out, he, he you know his his hamstring wasn't 100. Sure. He was upset. Yeah, 100. 100. Some something so tells I, like, me I, if this was Texas week, he plays. Don't play again next week. You know, Josh. Yeah, yeah. I, I, again, like can I, and I I don't fault you for that. I'm fine with that. Like this is a game where you should be getting guys rest if they need it. If they're if they're not pretty close to full go. You should, but the thing is, you should be able to do that and still go handle business accordingly. Like, OU, even without all the guys that they're missing, is still drastically more talented than Kansas. Like, I realize Kansas is college football players and they're talented kids, and that's fine too. 
there, I mean, guys, how many how many guys on Kansas roster would make OU's too deep? Here's C1, my question. Here's my two. question. I mean, they are they weren't even. I mean, let's be honest. They're not. This isn't like a. Uh, this isn't a bad college football team. This is an awful college football team. Like a yeah. team that that basically probably would get, and they were pushed in the non-conference by Division II opponents. I mean, I, I still think, even though they won the game today, it might be one of the top, I don't know, like 20 most embarrassing football experiences in the history of Oklahoma football. Yeah, th- this isn't Texas Tech. This is a team Texas Tech beat up on pretty good. Like, yeah, it just it just can't happen. And I mean, I think, but the, I mean, the, so, God, we say this every week, but I feel like next week we're gonna know. Man, at some point they are who they are, and this is what I said before the Texas yeah. week, or I think in the West Virginia week, I was like, this is who they are. They're they're just they for whatever reason I don't know leadership, I don't know what it is, but this team just doesn't have the maturity to be like, okay, we're gonna go handle business and then we'll have fun. Like they it, came it's, up and they, they they had eleven penalties against Kansas today. Eleven, yes. twelve penalties. The first half they and had, most of those were like pre-snap penalties. The first half they had seventy-eight yards in total offense, and they had fifty-five yards in penalties. <laughs> I mean, you right now this team would get the shit knocked out of them if they played Cincinnati. Cincinnati would they would maybe our that's not their biggest worry right now. Their biggest worry is if Xavier Hutchinson plays against this secondary, he might go for four hundred <laughs> yards receiving. Carrie, forget getting to Iowa State. They'll get the shit knocked out of them in Waco if they if they yeah. don't wake up. Guys, I, as I look at it, that's the scariest game of the three, in my opinion. Like just before this, even before this, I was like, "That's I mean, Waco Baylor's really balanced. Like that's that's a good football team." Shit, I mean, they play like they did today. They'll get beat by. Uh, they'll lose to Tech next week. But yes. the three quarterbacks in November that they play, whether it be Baylor, Iowa State, or OSU, I mean, all three of those guys could carve up the secondary. Yeah, I wouldn't them. go that far. Sanders is yeah, he's iffy. Yeah, he's got problems. Jason we, Bean guys, threw for three hundred and forty yards today. <laughs> I know. Well, but, Eddie, but Eddie, like, we I don't think Spencer Sanders could consistently do what Jason Bean, what Jason Bean did today. In intramurals at OU. We, I, I, okay, I'm not buying it. No, I'm not. We make there. the same mistake with OU when we get negative as we do positive. OU plays to whoever they're playing. They it, it, if if it's a shit team, OU will play accordingly. If it's a good team, they find a way. Like it, it's. <laughs> oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah, you've just turned into James Hale, uh, are screaming you just in the press out box. of a man like that. It was probably, Tell the man to stick well, if it. Well, if it was a Kansas personnel, then yeah, probably so. Hey, it might yes, be the last Kansas time you ever have to be in that press box. <laughs> Piss off, pal. I'm going to get blackmailed from Allen Fieldhouse. Should I start cheating for the last 10 years? Fuck you and this conference. Oh might have to go back one more time. <laughs> Eddie, do you want us to just let you go? No, I'm rolling now. We're good. Because I'm going to watch the rest of this OSU game. What's going on in that yeah, game, this, by the way? I'm in my... Iowa State studio. just scored see. to make it 24-21 with five and a half left. So Iowa State's up? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Spencer Sanders tried to go down the middle deep there. Sorry, no no play-by-plays. No, I, I mean, yeah, they, they've this team has issues that they have to get fixed out. Fixed if... I mean, championship November could be championship, uh, you know, goose egg. <laughs> they could go from not winning a game or uh, never losing a game in November to being, uh, they losing could go all from nine and zero oh to being nine and three. I just it, the, the, I think the frustrating thing about it is though is it just doesn't seem like there is any answers. You know, like there, it just doesn't seem like there's too many answers coming, even if they get some of the guys back. And Jalen Redmond went through pregame today. I would be surprised if he didn't try to play next week against Texas Tech. It was good to see him back out there. Uh, you know, Woody's probably not going to get anywhere close. Uh, Dellen Turner Yell did go through pregame, and he was very involved with the defense. It seems like that's a situation that is moving in the right direction. I bet he plays next week. But, I mean, I just – am I crazy to think that, like, getting two or three guys back, I, it, I just don't think that that makes that big of a difference. Maybe I'm an idiot. 
I no. I, I just, and how are they? I just don't understand why they can't get any type of pressure on. Like nobody wins a battle up front. Isaiah Thomas makes some really nice plays. He played the run game really well today, I thought. But they just don't get any type of pressure on anybody, even even when they do sit back there. And granted, that's that's not a lot, but I don't know. It's just I, it's very frustrating to watch. I can tell. I can I completely understand why everybody's so frustrated about it. I, I I do think there is something to be said for the way Kansas went at it today. They just moved. Sure. They moved him off. Uh, you know, he he was never at the same launch point. They were constantly moving him around, and there is something to that. But at the same time, when your edge guys are your edge guys, Reggie Grimes, Nick Benito, you use Brian Osamoa to cover up an edge a lot of times. Like that that shouldn't be there. Like that 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 play should not be. Uh, he shouldn't be that day. It should be a bigger problem for Kansas when they're getting him wide and trying to use him athletically against Oklahoma, but it wasn't. It just wasn't today. And <clears throat> I, I just, I just, I mean, there's that, so many problems. That defensive line needs. I, I, I mean, I think he's done a decent job, and he was okay today. Uh, I'll have to say this to his face, but that line needs Jalen Redmond back on the interior, and it needs Isaiah Thomas yep. back on the outside. Yep. I, I I do think that will make a legitimate difference. I really do. Um, but and I think again, I think I mean, just having DJ Graham and Woody Washington makes you better. But we don't know when that will happen. Yeah, I, D, DJ feels like that. that I, I haven't heard anything that makes me think that's way a ways away or no, anything. Like, no, I worst think, case, probably Baylor. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, I I kind of get the feeling if they were playing, you know. If it was Bedlam next week to get a right a bid to the Arlington or something, I kind of feel like he might have played today. He was practicing; yeah. he just didn't practice in uh, full shells all week. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, again, a lot like Mario Williams, like right, probably right. could have gone if he had to. Um, but yeah, I, 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 and again, that's what makes it tough. But guys, at some point, like I just said, with you know talking about the team in general. Is this the defense just is who they are? Like, is this? I, I just don't well, understand is, how the as the offense is, got it together, they fell apart. The problem is, like, you look at like Oklahoma State right now, like they they were just ahead of where Oklahoma was over the last couple of years. Now they've taken it to a completely different level. While Oklahoma seems like they've regressed. Like, how has that happened? If you're Alex Grinch, how has that happened? And I think the fans see that, and they want to know how that happens. And all of a sudden, the, it just starts It just starts completely snowballing, and people have all of a sudden lost confidence in you uh, and start considering you to be the new Mike Stoops. That's the danger he's facing right now. I, 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 Gary, I think we're already there. I mean, and he already kind of – and, like – I hate judging it off of this because of the post game reactions and like, you know, he obviously hasn't watched the film and it's just almost an immediate uh, kind of sit down of what happened. But he looks like he is almost at a loss of ideas as far as I can only do so much because he believes in the system that he runs so much. It's just never kind of spun like this. It, it seems like it's, it's just spinning in place. And he even said it today after the game. It's like, I don't know where all the tackles for losses and that's kind of become the staple of what we were able to do is, you know, get a team into second and long, get a team into third and long and kind of feast on that. And even when they get into that position now, it's like he doesn't want to blitz and, uh, you know, put the young cornerbacks in a bad spot. And the other side of that is, is if they do, then they get beat over the top. So I guess the good news is they didn't they didn't give up a uh, like a 40 yard bomb over the top today. We'll go spin zone on that. <laughs> It's hard to spin it. I mean, it, there's nothing really. No, it, it, yeah. it is what it is. I mean, they almost got beat by Kansas today. They literally almost got beat yeah. by Kansas. No. I mean, <laughs> they were it's down 10 nothing say. at halftime to Kansas. They were down 17-7 to with a uh, minute 30 left in the third quarter. They had seven points against Kansas. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know how anybody associated with the Oklahoma football program can walk out of here and not be, you know, somewhat just – Entirely, completely embarrassed by what happened today. I, you know, it's not their nature, and that drives people crazy. I know, I know. It, it, they want I, some fire and brimstone, but they're not going to get it, sure. unfortunately, for their own sanity. It's just not the, for whatever reason. It's just not the way it works these days. 
So yeah, I don't know. It there was a, I mean, you know, offensively though, I I guess you can look at some some bright spots. It just kind of at a loss for words. I don't know about you guys, Josh. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where it felt like everybody just got in their heads that this is going to be a defensive team. They're going to, you know, the, the offense have to try to figure it out. And then all of a sudden they insert Caleb Williams into the lineup and it was like, well, the defense can't tackle anybody now and the defensive line is getting overwhelmed. Like it just, it's like everybody went to sleep on defense. And I'm not saying it the has defense been, was perfect I mean, You're right. It has, it has been completely changed since Caleb Williams became the starting quarterback. It's almost like the defense was like, okay, we can take a breath now. We don't have to be so good. And they haven't been. They've been te- they've been worse than not good. They've been terrible. They have held up that end of the bargain. They have not worried about being that good. It's like you guys realize that, you know, you don't really have Baker and Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown yet, right? Like you can't be that bad again. They were able to get away with it for so long. Uh, it, but that's and, the thing know, that's maddening. At some point, they're they not going to be able to. They were getting better. I mean, I thought they were getting... Maybe I was just wrong. Maybe I was just seeing things that were there that weren't there. But I thought this defense was getting better. And, and no, they were. today, I watched a team that was as bad as any defense that Mike Stoops put on the field when everybody wanted him gone. It was that bad. It was, if not worse than a lot of his defenses. I think it was a lot worse. I mean, I know, how does that happen? Moment, I, I truly don't know. I, it, it's, it's almost baffling how many steps back they've taken. Like legitimate backward steps defensively from everything that they tried to kind of build on. And even like tying the recruiting stuff, it's like you get Dindy, you get Gentry Williams. It seems like everything's moved in the right direction. And like you come to Oklahoma to play cornerback and you just digress. And that's the thing. It's like these are their players. These are the guys they wanted. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Josh, you mentioned that earlier today. Yep. You can't live that lie anymore. You can't tell people, oh, these these guys are, you know. I mean, okay, Jaden Davis, fine. But you keep running Jaden Davis out there. Like, you have other guys that you recruited that are old enough to be playmakers at this point. And, I mean, I'm not going to say they aren't. I'm not – there's a part of me that thinks Josh Eaton would be a vast improvement. I don't know that, but there's a part of me that believes it. I know Jaden Davis isn't, but you keep putting him out there. So you can't use that excuse of, well, we got saddled with some of these guys. You keep playing. I mean, guys, <clears throat> if it wasn't for Darren Del- Turner Yale getting hurt, we would have no idea the growth of Keyshawn Lawrence right now. All right. of a sudden, he's making plays. Because, they, I mean, they've been afraid to play their backups. It's like Bryson Washington never plays. Yeah, I, <laughs> and and you know what's going to piss people off? Dylan Turney, I was going to come back, and you're not going to see Keith Lawrence. Fact, fact, and but also, it, and like, also, it's the only way that we've seen that uh, moving Billy Bowman in corner is the only way that we've seen that Justin Broyles isn't really that bad. Like he's not the the evil that we thought he was coming out of that LSU game. Like it, he's he's not he's not a star. I'm not trying to say that, but he's serviceable. I mean, he did have he did. You know, recover the fumble today, uh, and I I do remember one play where I was just like, oh my god, Justin Broyles, cover a guy, will you? Uh, but was it the touchdown over the middle? Yes, God, that was bad. Yeah, was bad, I mean, bad, you're gonna bad. see you're gonna see some of that stuff from Justin Broyles, but it's not embarrassingly bad like everyone thought it would. You know, it was going to be. <laughs> it's not I mean, every play. It's not like even right. it's not even like Buki bad. Yeah, guys. Okay. Seeing how good we all thought Billy Bowman was as a nickel and then watching what's happened the last two weeks at corner, knowing what we all thought of Justin Broyles and then watching him work at nickel, you know, through course, you know, different portions of this season, is the nickel just a good cover spot? Like it's just a, you, you can be okay here, almost regardless of who you are. I think as long as you're a good tackler, you can live. Yeah. Because you're not going to be Billy can tackle. Say whatever else. But guess what? Yes. When they put Trey Trey Norwood there, he was a difference maker, and he's yeah, been well, about the only guy. I mean, Trey That's Norwood's fair. literally starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers now. And I hate and to say this, well. but Alex Grinch couldn't figure out that Trey Norwood needed to be his nickelback instead of a corner, instead of a backup corner to start last year, hmm. which made no sense to me at all. I mean, they did though. I, 
didn't they? Or I'm I not a call for jobs guy, man, but this is, I don't know. It, it, it feels familiar. I just because like you'll hear the players talk and it's like, well, like coach always said, I'm like, man, I've heard that before. Like, I mean, like, like they know all the right things to say, but they don't ever seem to know what to do. Well, look, I, I I don't think it's like our criticism of Mike was that he just seemed to lose the players. Like it just became his noise went in one ear and out the other. And Mm -hmm. it never really resonated with the players anymore. They just tuned him out. That's the danger that Alex Grinch has right now. Are you are you yep. are, is what you're saying resonating with the players or are they just tuning you out? Is it getting to that point? I I I think that is the most concise way to to say exactly I mean like that that's what I'm getting like they're repeating so clearly they're hearing what he's saying but does it carry any meaning? Yeah. Like, they'll talk about, like, I mean, because one of their favorite ones right now is, you know, oh, coach will talk to us about next play, next play, next play. And, I mean, uh, does it, I mean, like, you so just that watch means I can just keep screwing up play. and it doesn't matter. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like, I mean, I, and, I, and I get that that's not, like, I mean, I get that that's not what they mean. I, I understand that, that you don't want to dwell. You've got to move forward. And I, and I get that. But at the same time, it, it almost, it's an absolution almost. Like, it does. It's kind of like when Bob got the, the quote would get, well, you know, we, we get who we're supposed to get. Nah, that kind of absolves you of having to worry about recruiting because it's just whatever. Like, we get who we're supposed to get. Yeah. Nah, you probably need to go get five stars. You probably need to get elite players if you're going to be an elite program. And that's what we saw happen in the mid, you know, 2010s. Like, they just, they kind of slid off because they weren't getting those same guys. So. It's more like we get who we allow ourselves to get. Exactly. Exactly just seems like it's such an elementary look to say it, but it just like at some point you just got to go make plays and they just don't have guys that can go make plays. At least not right now. Looks like OSU is going to get beat. They just came up yep. about a half yard short on a fourth and two, a little screen play. Man, they have had a rough Good time. Good win for Matt yardage. Campbell. Cyclones back you in. You see it. Iowa State Iowa tackling in space the there? Yeah, that was great. Those are two, they had two really guys good just defenses. waiting for him. Really good. And, and guys, guys, I mean, waiting. yeah. Uh, guys, look at, I mean, like, talk about Oklahoma State and Iowa State, like, playing really good defense with a sure. bunch of guys that OU wouldn't have sniffed in recruiting. I, like, I none of guys, these guys I, were. I told OU you guys earlier in, in the week, it's like, OU, and I know linebackers, like, not the biggest problem right now. They would kill for a Malcolm Rodriguez, somebody that just wants to knock the shit out of you. Malcolm Rodriguez is so much better than anyone on OU's roster. Think about Mike Rose at Oklahoma. Sure. Uh, you, you guys know my, my love affair with Mike Rose is long standing. And sure. That dude put him next to Asamoah. You got one of the best linebacking cores in the country. I mean, I, I, that's just a monster. Asamoah is not playing bad football. No. We, we talk no. about the defense. No. Asamoah is actually, as Oklahoma's defense has slid, he's actually gotten better. I don't really know how to make sense of that, though. Yeah, and they, and tried, I don't they to, tried. I don't want it to seem like, you know, we're calling, you know, it, it just. It is what it is. We can only judge everybody off of what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, and it is just putrid. It is almost incredible that they've been able to find ways to win these games. Well, and it stuck out today because the offense stunk in the first half. They didn't get any possessions. So, <laughs> I mean, think about it. They had two possessions in the first half. It's like when one, one ended in the interception. So, yeah. It, if this on? is if this is going to be who you're going to like. Because, because guys, when he came in, all we talked about was Grinch is, is about creating big plays, turnovers. Like he wants to be, I mean, for lack of a better word, aggressive. Well, okay, you could do that, and it would probably work with the offense in its current form. Like, okay, yeah, we're going to give up a few points, but we're also going to create some turnovers, some havoc plays. We're going to get some big sacks. But now, like, it seems like Oklahoma is like we're going to play off and we're going to rush four. And, and we're going to bend but don't break. Yeah, like that doesn't work. The problem work. is we I mean, cannot stop you on third and long. Yes, and you're playing into exactly what the offense wants to do with you. They want to they go to third down every single possession. And then they want to, you know, we're, we're going to just keep picking up third and four, third and three. We're, we're going to play that game all day long and give you three possessions in the first half. 
I mean, it's, <laughs> I feel like I say this all the time. Uh, people are going to have to look themselves in the mirror. And I think it starts with the coaches on the defensive side of the ball because it's not good at all. And it's not getting better. It's getting worse, regardless of the injuries. So, all right. Uh, Sooners do win it. They move on to take on <laughs> Texas Tech next week. It's like, oh, yeah, they, I guess I they think, did win. I, I mean, think, yeah, I think the uh, body is dead. Um, I think there are some people, too, that uh, should point out, and myself included, that uh, they did cover in the second half, so... <laughs> well, if you're playing second half covers, you're you probably hey, you probably have a lot of what's recovery. What's more pathetic, covering in the second half against Kansas or celebrating that you covered in the second half against Kansas? Celebrating for sure. Oh, you yeah. fans! If you need, I and again, I know you've listened to this whole pod, and you know your I, I don't know the rope may be near, whatever it may be. You put it down. You're going to be okay. Clemson's four and three and just lost to Pitt. I mean, and lost by double digits to Pitt. With it a, could be worse. With a, air quotes, five-star quarterback, too. Yes. We, I mean, guys, we talk about everybody wanted Spencer Rattler. USC didn't offer Spencer Rattler. There, there were people that had questions about Spencer Rattler. DJ, everybody and their mama wanted DJ. He was a no-doubt dude. I was an impressive uh, shovel pass pick six he threw today. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, I, I he's been benched. Now he's been benched. So, and they didn't have somebody like Caleb Williams to come in and save the day. <laughs> oh man, I will. I will say too that uh, you know after they scored, God, what was it? I think it was to cut it to seventeen. Was it seventeen fourteen at one point? Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, you look over. Oh, he's defense about to run out onto the field, and who's over there giving him a pep talk like, "Give me the ball back, give me the ball back." Fucking Caleb Spencer Williams. Rattler. Oh, okay, okay. My my bad, my bad. He did seem like he was in a good that. mood tonight. He but, did. No, it was it was Caleb Williams. It's like just little stuff like that. It's it's almost kind of amazing uh, that he continues to do this as a freshman and as a guy that you know seemingly has just been thrown into that spot. Now, He's very comfortable. Do we have a pretty good uh, sights and sound shots of the uh, the handoff play? Yeah, I, I tweeted it out. It's like that play. Like I still can't believe that a you can do that because I guess it's behind the line. It's I, behind I understand the line, yeah. that, but like watching it live, I was like, I don't think you can do that. At first, well, I what's confusing it was, is it's fourth down, and there's the rule that the person who fumbles it has to be the one to advance it. Uh, sure. But it wasn't a fumble, so that didn't qualify for that part of the rule. Just unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> it was crazy, man. I mean, and, that, and then for him to that's rip the off headiest the other, shit I've ever seen. It really is. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, who thinks about doing that to a certain extent? And I loved Josh. Was it you that tweeted talking about like Riley acting like, yeah, that just that's how they play it. He did kind of back off those comments in the post game. It was basically like, "Yeah, that was an unbelievable play." I think it's how he said it. But yeah, he tried the, his best not to give Caleb any credit again tonight after the game. The other and I still have people was, telling was me that's normal. That that's the other normal. One was just as big. This is not normal. What is happening is weird. Yeah, you you can't convince me otherwise. Like, and I'm not know. saying You're that right. there's not some motivation for it, but it's going to like. <laughs> and, I, and I said, it's like the Lou Brown. He can walk up. He can be like, that was a hell of a play. Don't ever fucking do it again. You know, like that. that's fine. You can do that. Like, it doesn't have to be like, hey, yeah, whatever. When the entirety of college football media, ex, even like Baker Mayfield was like, holy crap. Like Baker Mayfield acknowledged it was an unbelievable play. Well, I'm sure Lincoln just loves that Kirk Herbstreet has already jumped on his yeah. Heisman train. You know, I, I don't but, know if you saw college game day today. I know you probably were driving to the stadium, Eddie, but literally Kirk Herbstreet with a round table of everyone would not stop making a case for Caleb Williams as a Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner this year. He got He's himself to- a crush. Oh boy, it was it right. was something. He's gonna have to fi- he's gonna have to fight off a lot of people because I want a little bit of that as well. I just it's, didn't think his Heisman moment was gonna come in the fourth quarter in Lawrence. <laughs> I, 
No, I, if I, he tweeted, has a, I was like, if you had told me the play of the year was going to come on fourth and three <laughs> in Kansas. Yeah, no, they, he's going to have to do something else against Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State in order for that to happen, I think. so. But, but he's going to New York. I, I feel more confident than ever. Like, if you can be not they, that not big of a story and that four. Yeah, they won't, Eddie. I, I, I know. I know what you're saying. Cause I said to one of our, in our staff pick, somebody goes, Oh, it's going to be 40, 27, OU. And I was like, bullshit. Like I call, I mean, like I was like, that's ridiculous. That will not happen. Kansas is terrible. And I was and like, <laughs> he, he quoted, tweeted me or he quoted me in, in the thread. And I was like, you're right. I apologize. I was wrong at the same time. We, we do. It's like I said earlier, we do this every time. We forget how shitty OU will play against shit opponents, and then we get like, oh, nope, this team isn't very good, and then they play a quality opponent, and they, they, they yo-yo more than any team in the country. I'm so glad we did that death spiral pod more and more after each game of this year. We need to hit it. We need to send it back out. We just need to release it every Monday. Instead of sights and sounds now, <laughs> let's just put that out. The death spiral o- pod. The audio overlay of all the things that go wrong on Saturdays. Oh, God, it's just unbelievable. I mean, the whole thing is unbelievable. Every game this season has just been ridiculous for a variety of different reasons, but I don't know any that were more ridiculous than this one. But like we said, Sooners do win it, 35-23. Uh, Eddie's got to get back on the road, get back to Oklahoma City. I know Bob is already out of there. Um, but uh, be hit for me by the time I get out of this press box. But by the really, uh, KUSID, very, very yeah. So yeah. yeah, we'll let you get out of there. Uh, if there's I can any, send over bowl information. If there's any uh, extra dilly bars, uh, go get them now and just rip. Enjoy them. UCF. See ya. Sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, God, thanks. Goodness. Thanks to Josh for joining us on this episode. Uh, thanks to Eddie for uh, all your work today. Looking forward to the sights and sounds coming up on our YouTube channel. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just YouTube.com/soonerscoop. Uh, do us a big favor and thanks to Eskridge Lexus for uh, always hosting us uh, in our travel uh, during our pods go check them out at EskridgeLexus.com and until post Texas Tech that's going to do it for this edition of the Eskridge Lexus post game podcast Uh, thanks to Eddie thanks to Bob I'm Kerry Murdoch and we'll see you back here next week for another edition of the post game pod from Soonerscoop.com